This is Brian Lohman. On behalf of the Lohman Ray Insurance Group, welcome to this edition of High School Prep Football Confidential. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Lohman Ray Insurance Prep Football Confidential. You know it's getting to playoff time when it's getting dark outside at 6 p.m. <laughs> outside the studios right. here at News Gazette Media. It's actually starting to feel like fall, too. I'm Jim Rosso, Vice President of News Gazette Media, along with Evan Kahn and Tamara McDaniel, just kind of paving the way for Colin Likas to that's, lead uh, us. That's flattering. I appreciate that, he Jim. Run, he runs the high school football coverage in the News Gazette. He makes incorrect picks in the Thursday forecasts. I only made one incorrect pick this week, and he, it was close. He keeps Champaign Central out of his top ten. <laughs> I can't say anything about that. That is just that's accurate for the time being. We're here to six. Uh, we're here to seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Talking high school football as we do every Monday ahead of the Lovey Smith show. Yes. Excellent. No, not this week. No, no Lovey this week because they're off. I oh. forgot it's a, it's a bye week. So yeah, it's so weird they have a bye week already. It feels like maybe they just we, got started. Maybe we can stay on two hours tonight. Yeah, there Colin, you go. Colin's loaded. He's got coaches. He's got players. Oh, I got yep. I got a I got a whole gamut of stuff to go through. You know, I want to. I want to start off this show talking about postseason eligibility uh, because we've got some teams that are now qualified. Uh, they could uh, make the postseason even if they lost out the rest of the way. I would not expect any of these teams to. Already, you're telling me. Already. We are five weeks in, and we've got one, two, three, four, five teams that are postseason mm. eligible. Uh, Gibson City, Melvin Sibley, Monticello, Argenta, Oriana, uh, Bismarck, Henning, Rossville, Alvin, and Salt Fork are the five playoff eligible teams. And uh, on the other side of the coin, we've got a handful of teams that need a win this week. Otherwise, they will not be postseason eligible this year. Uh, Muhammad Seymour, Centennial, Unity, Rantoul, uh, uh, Hoopston, and Blue Ridge are the teams in need of a win. Some of those names are very surprising. Muhammad and Unity in particular. Uh, not really expecting to see their names on uh, on that list right now. But but that's where we are. Uh, a couple teams also were unfortunately eliminated from postseason contention last week. Uh, Urbana, Sullivan, Okaw Valley, Iroquois West, and Westville uh, saw their playoff dreams come to an end early this year. All right, had games at Memorial Stadium last Saturday, a couple doozies. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into those. Oh, and, yeah. uh, of course, as we do every Monday, we're going to unveil the top ten that that's runs right. in Tuesday's News Gazette, the controversial top ten. Colin. Can <laughs> Con I call it that? It, I, I, yeah, I think that's fair. I'm sure there is there are plenty of people who disagree, uh, just like you, <laughs> with some some of what I'm doing, and that's fine. You know, that's that's what the rankings are there for. But uh, I want to want to jump right into it this week. Uh, our top ten, uh, a new team in the rankings this week. We've got number ten, Arcola, the Purple Riders, sitting at four and one uh, after defeating Sarah Gorda Bement thirty five to six last week. Uh, Arcola's only loss of the season came to Tuscola, so really not a bad loss. We'll talk about the Warriors more later. This is about the Purple Riders, though. They've won three in a row. Uh, Austin Hopkins rushed for 288 yards and two touchdowns on 23 carries last week, which is an insane stat line. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk to Austin right now about uh, his, his performance and the rest of the Arcola season so far. Austin, thanks so much for being part of the show tonight. Yeah, hey, what's going on yeah it's uh, great to have you on the show thanks for calling in and you're uh uh have you recovered from your uh 288 yard output i mean your legs have to be have to be kind of tired after running that far yeah i mean it's been a recovery process usually my saturdays and sundays are filled with a lot of ice packs <laughs> um, but yeah I, I feel like our my preparation for the game was pretty good i had a lot of bananas 
So I felt pretty good about going into it. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's uh, that's the key right there. Uh, the, well, get, make sure you get your uh, get your uh, uh, bananas before the game. Uh, yeah, get have, your potassium. Yeah, exactly. That that's the word I was looking for. Potassium. Uh, have you ever rushed for that many yards in a single night, though? I mean, that's almost 300 yards. That's pretty crazy it, for one night. Yeah. No. Um, the closest I've been was actually uh, last year, the first game of the year. I rushed for 232. Wow. So yeah, that's a big jump for me. Yeah, it was pretty astounding. Yeah. yeah, what uh, what were you seeing uh, on those plays that was allowing you to you know find holes and evade the uh, Sarah Gorda Bement defender so easily? Uh, definitely a lot of green. I can thank my <laughs> lines a lot from uh, Friday night. That that was one hundred percent the most consistent holes have been throughout the night. I mean, every time I hit the hole, there was there was something there. I mean, it was usually just me and that safety, and that's all I had to worry about. Did you, uh, just... yeah? Did you, uh, did you award uh, some of your linemen with, uh, with some bananas after the game, some celebratory bananas? Yeah, they they probably deserve a steak more than a banana. <laughs> that's a big meat after that game. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Talking with uh, Austin Hopkins from Arcola Football. Uh, that week two game against Tuscola, things didn't go your guys' way, and you've been on a roll ever since then. How much did that loss early in the season motivate you guys? Um, it's def- it was definitely a. It was a motivation game to say at least. I think, and it's been said ever since that game, we we come out and we say it's a statement. You know, like we're here to show that you know we're not going to keel over. We're going to keep going no matter what. And I think that game has a lot to do with it. Losing early, you know, it it shows us that you know we're not going to keel over and we're going to keep going no matter what. Yeah, very good, very good. And you guys, uh, you guys have won in a in a variety of ways. Really, uh, your last two opponents you've held to seven or fewer points. You also won a, an absolute shootout with uh, Cumberland earlier in the year. Uh, what's What's been your favorite one of these four wins so far, if you if you could pick one? Um, I would definitely say last last week's game was probably my favorite. <laughs> but as a team, it was definitely the Cumberland game. That game was just <laughs> fun. We knew going into it, it was going to be a it was going to be a game of offense, and that's what it was. And it was just it was just fun. Well, uh, you guys are looking forward to a game against Sangamon Valley this week, but uh, certainly on the horizon as well, we've got the the matchup with Argenta Oriana, a team that's uh, state ranked in Class One A right now. How do you uh, make sure you guys don't uh, look look too far ahead to that game against Argenta? And make sure you're totally focused and prepared for Sangamon Valley this week. Yeah, I mean, I think we as a team we we're really focused at taking it, you know, one step at a time, one day at a time. And that's just exactly how we're going to play it. You know, this week we focus on who we're going to focus on, and then we move on. Um, yeah, we. I think we treat every opponent like, you know, like it's any other. I mean, this week's probably going to be definitely focused a lot on um, what Sangamon Valley does, but then also maybe throwing in just some stuff for next week. But we're focused on Sangamon Valley right now. And the excitement also of possibly being playoff qualified if you win has to be on your guys' minds this week as well. Yeah, uh, I guess, I guess that's yeah, that's a big thing for us. I mean, I, we we set a lot of goals throughout the season, and I think a big one of ours has been, especially after the Tescola game, was we're gonna we're gonna win out. We're gonna, you know, nothing's gonna stop us. The only thing stopping us is us. And I think that's you know a big goal. So I, I don't I don't think we see it as, you know, playoff eligible more as like just another step to in order to get to where we need to be. You know, so. Austin Hopkins has big goals with the Arcola football team. Austin, thanks again so much for joining this week, and uh, good luck against Sangamon Valley on Friday. Yep, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. 
was a great chat. Uh, it seems like Austin has uh, has recovered from his uh, his almost 300 yards rushing from last week. A bright young fella. Yeah, yeah, he was very Love well, to hear from the well kids. spoken, and uh, yeah, Arcola won a state title a few years ago back when I was on the mm-hmm. on the copy desk. Rich history of, uh, I believe. Uh, let's see, they won a state title twenty no. 30 years ago, I think, and also 40 years ago. If you're going to pick up the News Gazette from Arcola, do it tomorrow because there's a picture of Bo Jones. That's gonna be, true. Going to be on the cover to yes. celebrate Arcola's ascension mm. in top 10. Now, Evan Kahn's going to give me that, that sound when you make the top 10. There it is. Oh, yeah. We got it. That's awesome. Well, we're going to roll on with the top 10 here a little bit. Uh, we're going to we're gonna head over to number 9, Prairie Central. Uh, the Hawks... <laughs> <laughs> I need to prepare myself for that. The Hawks are up one spot from last week. Uh, excuse me. Uh, they uh, they defeated Chillicothe IVC 48-14, to uh, did Prairie Central. Matt Kearns rushing for 122 yards and three touchdowns in the victory. Wyatt Stedinger 74 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Uh, really big game this week for Prairie Central uh, against a team that we will talk about a little later, St. Joseph Ogden. Uh, those two teams, uh, kind of the uh, in, in in that first to second tier of the Illini Prairie Conference, you got Monticello and Pontiac at five and zero, and then you've got Saint Joe and Prairie Central at four and one. So really important game for Saint Joe and Prairie Central if they have any designs on trying to come from behind to win the Illini Prairie Conference title. Well, you got number eight, which I'd like to add that there's an addition to our collection of helmets here. There is at studio. You, you, and we should we should talk a little bit about that because, uh, yeah, it, uh, on the Facebook live feed you can see it. Uh, it's uh, it's the one that's fa- It's all the way to the outside of these stack of helmets, and it's facing a different direction because uh, the design of the helmet is just so unique. Uh, the Fisher Bunnies helmet got given to me by Coach Jake Palmer. Jim is uh, now showing it to the Facebook live camera, which uh, looks looks great, doesn't it? Uh, it's a it's a very mean looking bunny. It's a mean mugging bunny, and uh, people love the helmet. I put a picture of it on Twitter shortly after I got it on Wednesday, and it just blew up on Twitter. People were uh, retweeting it and liking it. Uh, I one of the IHSA Twitter accounts eventually uh, used the photo for its own tweet, and that got even more attention. Uh, and for a couple days, I was just getting Twitter notifications of people liking this helmet and i can see why it's very awesome uh unfortunately the uh the helmet uh the the helmet got beat up a little bit uh last week as fisher struggled against gibson city melvin sibley in a 56 nothing loss on fisher's homecoming night so the bunnies are down two spots this week to number eight in our rankings uh the team had uh 66 yards of offense in that defeat so uh, it was certainly tough sledding and very different from what fisher had been experiencing uh to that point uh, however, the Bunnies are still tied for uh, first in the HOIC small division at a 2-0 record with Leroy. Those two teams meet in week nine, so that could be the deciding point for who is the uh, conference champion in the heart of Illinois small. Uh, but in the meantime, Fisher will visit Hayworth this week to try and get back on track. How was that crowd Friday, Colin? Crowd was great. I was think uh, I think the Fisher fans were just a little just a little stunned by by what went down, and I I don't necessarily blame them. Gibson City's a good team, but you never really expect a, a score like that. Uh, but I think Fisher will rebound in a good way. All right, we got seven more teams to go uh, in our top ten. We got more interviews with coaches. We got more interviews with players. We're on Facebook Live. We're on Snapchat. We're on Twitter. There's uh, we're easy to follow. We right? are easy to follow. All right, tell you what, we're going to take our first break. We'll be right back. (laughs) 
Now back to the Loman Ray High School Prep Football Confidential on News Talk 1400 WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS. Always good to hear from Brian Loman, big time backer of this show. Really appreciate it. Dan Tappendorf with MET, same deal. Yep. 615, uh, we got plenty to go. Uh, we got another uh, Saturday game, don't we? We do have another week. Saturday game. I was, uh, yeah, Champaign Central against Danville. Uh, and this okay. wasn't one that was moved. This was one that was pre-scheduled as Saturday at 1 p.m. Okay. Uh, so, no, nothing uh, nothing unusual about that. But uh, we, uh, we'll we have a guest on uh, later in the show from the Maroons to talk a little hmm. bit about that upcoming matchup. Uh, and uh, see how he likes all these Saturday games because this is going to be the third one for Champaign Central in six weeks. So, all right, Colin Like is breaking down his top ten. Here's a here's a hint: neither Danville nor Central going to make it. Not yet. Uh, okay. They uh, one of them will be four and two after this week, though. So that will certainly put them in the running. So we will uh, we'll see how that goes. I demand the winner make the top ten. You demand. <laughs> you are my boss, so technically nah, you nah, could I'm demand just, that I'm it happen. <laughs> but. The top ten rolls on uh, with number seven, St. Joseph Ogden, like Fisher. I keep forgetting about that. I, I, I It hurts me now. Uh, anyway, St. Joseph Ogden, number seven, down two spots this week, just like Fisher before it. Uh, St. Joe lost to unbeaten Pontiac, 42-20. to 20. Uh, The Spartans committed two turnovers in the first half that led directly to Pontiac points, and they really, uh, the Spartans could not recover from there. Uh, Dwight Colvin still had another amazing game, 131 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Uh, If you haven't read Matt Daniels' story about Dwight that was in Sunday's News Gazette, definitely go do it. It's a very Mm -hmm. candid uh, look into the life of a young man over in St. Joseph. And uh, it was it was a great story. Matt did a very good job with it, and we appreciate Dwight opening up uh, his uh, the windows of his life to us. Uh, but the, moving on with the Spartans, uh, they will host Prairie Central, as I mentioned before the break in Week Six. Very important matchup for the Spartans as well as the Hawks. So we uh, we will look forward to that one, and I'm gonna I, I might bring that one up here in a little bit uh, with some of our games of the week that we're gonna discuss later. But rolling on with the top ten, we have got number six Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin up two spots. Uh, <laughs> I almost stopped that time. Somebody should uh, give me a little like shocker around my neck or I something. I just dropped you from my top ten. I Alan. I would my my radio personality is top ten. Uh, Mark Dodds Blue Devils up two spots defeated Westville forty to eighteen. The Blue Devils also debuted in the Associated Press Class two A rankings last week at number nine. So uh, they should be up this week, I would imagine. Uh, Caleb Leahy rushed for 192 yards and five touchdowns and just 17 carries for the Blue Devils. Hey, you said they, they debuted in the state rankings. Are you where are they in your poll, Eric Collins? Uh, the most recent one, which I just uh, which I just filed right before this show, I had them at number 10. So okay. that's where I've got them right now. Uh, there were some uh, I didn't have them last week, uh, but there were some defeats in the bottom end of my poll for 2A. So Bismarck is is in at at five and zero. Oh. Okay, you can read those in Wednesday's news because that always right. interesting for another take on what teams are uh, good around the state. That's absolutely right. And the Blue Devils have a good chance to uh, to try and go to six and zero oh against Villagrove Heritage this week. But the Haw- uh, the uh, the the Blue Devils, I'm sorry, will not make it easy on the other Blue Devils uh, as Villagrove Heritage certainly will have some tricks up its sleeve. Uh, an even bigger game though coming up. Uh, 
uh, Bismarck heading against Salt Fork in Week 8. Uh, that game will very likely decide who wins the Vermilion Valley Conference, as both of those teams are 5-0 and right now and undefeated in the VVC, of course. And speaking of Salt Fork, uh, I had Salt Fork jump Bismarck this week in the rankings. Uh, Salt Fork checking in at number 5, up 3 spots. I stopped that time. Up three spots is Salt Fork after defeating Tri-County 42-13. Uh, my logic for pulling them up uh, ahead of Bismarck, I feel like Salt Fork's body of work just a little stronger at this point with both teams at 5-0. and So uh, Salt Fork certainly going to be getting some looks in the Class 1A poll this week, I would imagine. Uh, Gage Romack in that game against Tri-County went 6-10 of 10 for 111 yards passing. And uh, Max Brannigan rushed for 122 yards and three touchdowns on just eight carries. And on that note, we're going to talk to Max Brannigan right now. Uh, Salt Fork athlete on the phone with us. Max, thanks so much for joining the show this week. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, you guys uh, you guys made things look pretty easy uh, on the scoreboard the last two weeks against uh, Westville and Tri-County after some uh, some nail biters against Watsika and Georgetown Ridge Farm. So how nice was it to, to get out in front the last two weeks and really uh, kind of just salt those games away a little earlier? Yeah, you know, it's been really nice. We, we kind of, uh, in our practices in the early stages of the few weeks, we were kind of taking it easy and just not really doing much. And then afterwards, uh, come Westville, we really took the preparation in hand and we got to those games and, you know, coach just told us to put our foot on the pedal and just and go, go full throttle the whole game. So there, it was nice. So was it just a matter of, you know, not kind of expending too much energy too early in the season and now you're kind of really getting into the thick of the season? Yeah, that's kind of how, how it is. You know, we uh, our, the, in the beginning of the season, our games weren't too, too hard. And then afterwards, after Georgetown, we kind of picked it up and we started going full pace. So, yeah. Well, uh, you had, uh, as I mentioned, you had three touchdowns against Tri-County last week. Uh, how have you seen your role in this offense evolve through the first five weeks of the season? Um, it's it's been a it's been a, a growing pain almost. You know, I, at uh, week one I sprained my ankle and it kind of threw me back a little bit because I was coming in this year hoping I was going to do really well on offense and that kind of threw me back. But now as weeks come on. Uh, it's getting a lot better and I'm starting to see my role develop a lot more and just kind of we're going to have more of a balanced team now and running in passing the ball so it's a, it's a big step and uh Tate Johnson has also been rushing the ball along with you uh what uh how have you guys as a uh, as a running back tandem been able to have so much success thus far yeah with uh with me and Tate we've been just we've been really working together we've been watching a lot of film together and we've just been kind of going through practice and uh sharing reps with each other and just kind of learning off of each other as well he's a younger kid so you know there's things that we can both teach each other and whatnot and it's been good yeah, and you uh, you mentioned uh, kind of having a more balanced offense a big reason for that uh, is Gage Romack at quarterback he's kind of a, a dual threat guy there as well how nice is it to have a quarterback uh, like that who can uh, get you guys the ball through the air and also take it himself on the ground yeah it's a really nice thing to have there, you know there's there's some quarterbacks that'll just pass it and really are kind of passive with the ball, but with him, you know, he likes to pass a lot, and he, but he also has a nose for running the ball, and he'll he'll put his head down and get the yards when he needs to, so he, it's really good to have him there. Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the uh, Salt Fork defense, uh, talking with Max Brannigan of the Storm. Uh, how, how about your guys' defense so far? It seems like you guys have really had your way with a lot of your opponents in that respect. Uh, do you guys really uh, pride yourself on the defensive effort you put forth, or do you feel like there's even more room to grow? Yeah, 100%. We, uh, we take a lot of pride in our 
in our defensive effort. We, you know, coach in practice, he's always harping on defense win games, and we really get a lot of a push with coaches to to just get better on defense. We really work hard on defense. So yeah. And with the with the hard hitting style that is the Vermilion Valley Conference, I've uh, I've talked with the with some other coaches and athletes about this before. But how much fun is it for you playing in a conference like that, where you just know you're going to get uh, everybody's best shot every night? Yeah, it's really good. It's it's a lot of fun. You know, we all compete with each other. Uh, you know, it's it's a really competitive atmosphere. And you know, whenever it comes time for conference games, you know, we're always going to go head to head and it, battle it out to the end. Well, uh, you have a non-conference showdown coming up this week uh, against Paxton Buckley Loda. Very, very challenging matchup there. Uh, what do you guys do to come out of that one with a victory? Yeah, you know, th- we've been watching some film on them, and they do look pretty solid on film. And I think it'll be a, a good test for us uh, going forward for the for the season and later on, and, and and going into the playoffs and whatnot. But you know, we just this week we got to really make sure that we're in our A game and we're preparing to our fullest potential, and we're and we're working hard and coming to that game with energy and as little as flaws as we can have well i know you never want to uh, look ahead look past any opponent you certainly can't with pbl but uh i'm sure you're pretty excited for the uh the matchup against bismarck henning a little uh a little later down the road here oh yeah 100 percent. you know uh they're, they're also five and oh so you know we got some heat between us two but yeah that's going to be a great game coming up and yeah we'll see what happens Max Brannigan, Salt Fork Storm football player. Max, thanks so much for joining, and good luck this Friday against Paxton. Thank you. Appreciate it. And that's uh, that's the voice, one of the voices of the Salt Fork Storm, in addition to uh, another known voice of the Salt Fork Storm, uh, J.J. Lockwood, who, works, little, who works for us. Does a little PA for the does Storm. Does a little PA. Does yeah. Cubby Conversation, which you can see at NewsGazette.com right he's, now. He's all over the place. All right, big Storm backer. Big and Storm backer. This uh, Salt Fork PBO game is one we will send a photographer to yes. on Friday night, so look for big pictures. That is correct, yeah. That's, uh, that's one of the games that I, I really think we should be watching this week. Uh, Salt Fork at PBL. PBL is another team that's right on the fringe of our top ten. Excuse me. Uh, they uh, they're at four and one after they started the season getting shut out by GCMS, which is certainly nothing to be ashamed about. Uh, actually, the fact that they held Gibson City to just twenty eight points in that game, uh, considering what Gibson City has done to some other teams since then, is uh, makes P- PBL look even better by comparison. Actually, uh, some other games uh, to watch this week, though. Uh, as I mentioned. Prairie Central at St. Joseph Ogden. Um, that game is basically to decide who wants to stay in contention for the Illini Prairie Conference title and who is probably not going to be able to at this point. Uh, should be a very good matchup with uh, St. Joe looking to rebound from its loss last week. Uh, another game this week, Danville at Champaign Central. That one is on Saturday afternoon. Uh, both teams 3-2, and two, as, I, as I mentioned before. Uh, so they are the class of the Big 12 locally. Um, and uh, it, uh, this should be a really evenly matched game. I think these two teams have a, there's, they have a lot in common. Uh, they both have coaches who are relatively new to the program, and they are both uh, looking to make a, uh, make a statement as they head into the back nine of the regular season and try to qualify for the playoffs. So it, it's a really important game for both sides. Hey, I got a first thing this week, Colin. Okay. Someone uh, demanding more coverage <laughs> of Monticello, of for Monticello. example. Yeah, the Sages, who oh. I've who I've petitioned 
as the number one team you in have. the area, and I've been neglected. You have been you. denied repeatedly. Uh, Monticello, don't worry. I've I've got I've got the Sages backs. So I've uh, I've got them as one of our other games of the week to watch here. Uh, they they take on they host Unity this week. And, you know, normally that game would be uh, helping decide who wins the conference. This year, Unity, though, having some trouble. They did uh, stave off postseason elimination last week by defeating Olympia. So this game means a ton to the Sages. And, uh, well, it means a ton to the Rockets is what I meant to say. It does mean a lot to the Sages as well. Uh, but the Rockets, they, they absolutely have to have a win here. So Monticello is going to get Unity's best shot. We'll see what happens. All right, the Sages haven't played their regulars deep into a game yet, have no, they? No, they haven't had to. They've scored uh, fi- 50 or more points in four of their five games. The only game they didn't was the one that I went to against St. Thomas More, and the weather was miserable. So you can't really blame them for not piling up points. They still had 35 points in that game. Uh, the last game of the week I want to highlight uh, over in the LOVC, Argena Oriana at Cerro Gordo Bement. Uh, undefeated Bombers against the 3-2 and two Broncos should be a good matchup. The Broncos stinging after losing to Arcola last week. Uh, and Argenta, you know, they've, uh, they haven't had much trouble thus far. I think the Broncos will give them a, a good test. And uh, we'll, we'll, uh, AO's uh, undefeated streak could be in jeopardy. We'll see what happens. All right, it's B-Men's homecoming. This there, week, there are probably. a ton of homecoming games. St. Joe's homecoming. I think we have Tuscola's. Homecoming. We have at least twelve homecoming games. This a lot week. of dances on Saturday. A lot night. of dancing. You know the, that's uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about uh, one specific homecoming uh, thing later on involving Centennial with their unique homecoming mm-hmm. setup uh, last weekend. But yeah, the homecoming time is always always a, a great uh, a show for for you know uh, alumni to come back in and get recognized on the field at halftime for the current students to express their uh, school spirit and go through the the king and queen process and uh, yeah it's uh, it makes all the older uh, the older individuals the graduates uh, pine for the days of high school back when uh, back when you know that's all you had to worry about was stuff like that not so much uh, not so much a full-time job or something of that nature. Okay, keep in mind that Colin not only covers these games for us, but he produces video highlights from uh, every do. high school event that you that you do, staff. And yeah. uh, last weekend was no, uh, no uh, exception. Yep, we'll have uh, plenty of stuff uh, this week from a variety of sports, including football. And uh, really looking forward to getting some videos out there and seeing uh, seeing how people react to them. All right, we're down to our final four in Colin's top ten. Uh, we'll uh, resume that countdown after this break. The Loman Ray High School Prep Football Confidential continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS. 632, we're downtown. Come wave at us. Yeah. News Gazette Media Studios. We'll, we'll see you. There's a lot of a lot of glass glass windows. On see Main some Street. people walking by right now. Mm-hmm. We're here to 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, listen to the podcast afterward. Yep. NewsGazette.com if you miss us live. We get it up online uh, pretty pretty quick. It's a really, really nice thing about uh, about the operations we do here. Everything we get up, we get it done fast, and it's ready for your viewing, listening, reading pleasure. Hard to believe we're halfway through this doggone season. I know, Alan. isn't it? It's crazy. We uh, we we just started this show, just started the season, and we're just rolling right through. And uh, you know, we've seen some really good games so far. We're, we're going to see some even more good games now that a lot of teams have their playoff hopes on the line. Uh, 
you know, with only five teams apps, uh, qualified for the playoffs right now from our area, there's plenty of room for other teams to, to fight their way in. So there's going to be a lot of critical moments coming up here. And uh, looking forward to the uh, some of the guests we can bring on as a result of those uh, those big games. Uh, one of the one of the uh, teams that won last week. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna break away from our top ten a little bit to talk to uh, a couple of coaches whose teams were victorious in week five. Let's start with uh, Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond. Uh, Coach Ryan Jefferson chatted with me uh, last weekend about his team's success on the road as the Knights have won two games this season and both of them came uh, on a road trip. But you know, both of these road games. Before we got on the bus, you know, I told them to Martinsville, it's an hour 15, to Sangamon Valley, it's an hour. You know, that's a long time. And for 14 to 18-year-old kids, you know, it's a long time for them to lose focus. So we just, you know, told them to uh, make sure they brought stuff to, you know, keep them in, in the game. We hand out pamphlets on the bus to try and uh, keep them, you know, ready to go. And um, But basically we just talk about, you know, having the mentality to stay focused because that's half the battle is, you know, when you, when you are on the road for an hour and, and you just – start to converse you start to lose track of what you know the the mission ahead of you which is to go play a football game and try to win so um you know we talk a lot about that about staying focused and i think that's attributed to a lot of it but uh, we just we know we're we're kind of a caged animal right now we we're down to well two and three now but we were one and three you know and the most dangerous animal is a caged animal and we're you know fighting our way in, in every week that was Ryan Jefferson, a first-year coach over at Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond. Uh, you get two wins on the road uh, as a first-year coach. You're doing something right, and his team almost beat Tri-County on the road. Tri-County uh, having a pretty good season as well. So uh, good news so far for Ryan Jefferson and the Knights. Uh, another uh, coach who's got some good news after last week is Josh Cavanaugh over at Georgetown Ridge Farm. Uh, his team earned a 40-20 to victory over Hoopston area Schlarman Academy Armstrong Potomac last week. Uh, Josh talked to me about uh, using two quarterbacks, sophomore Logan Dawson and senior Devin Lappin, during that victory. Because we run the ball so much, it has been, you know, it, it's hard on running backs. I know that uh, Noggle had wound up having almost 30 carries, uh, and Daly was in the 25 range as well. So we were able to rotate through some running backs, and, uh, you know, we've had some injury at quarterback. So we wanted to see, uh, you know, how Dawson would do in the first half as a young guy and got his first start. So it was good to see how well he did. And then in the second half, you know, we always want to be able to keep our senior fresh because, you know, in high school football, you're one injury away, one play away from having to rotate in there. And, you know, I've never ran like a two-quarterback system, um, but this is something that I feel like their individual skill sets give them the best opportunity to do that. Uh, we had, you know, in the week before against Bismarck, all four kids that scored had never scored a varsity touchdown before. So it's just while we have a lot of seniors, we are a young team, and so it's just better to rotate some different guys in there to see, you know, how well they do uh, in certain situations. And I was happy with the way we played overall. That was Buffalo's coach Josh Cavanaugh. Fun little story. I may have shared it on the radio show before. I don't. I don't remember necessarily. But when we were doing our preseason the photo tour, uh, Rick Danzel and I, photographer Rick Danzel and I, uh, went over to Georgetown uh, and uh, met up with uh, the kids and with Josh Cavanaugh. And uh, one thing while we were waiting for them to to get ready for the photo, one thing we noticed in their uh, outdoor locker area was an article uh, that I had written in the News Gazette that was republished in one of our uh, weekly papers. 
Um, and they had highlighted a couple of areas in which they kind of felt that I uh, had overlooked their program. And then when Josh realized that I had written that article, he informed all the kids and they simultaneously booed me on the field, which was really funny. Uh, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. And, you know, it's good to see the, uh, the Buffaloes pick up some victories here and prove me, prove me wrong. Good to know I'm not the only one booing you. Yeah, that's uh, right. I, I, well. I accept the boos wholeheartedly. That's part of the job, right? So, uh, yeah, Georgetown, part of that uh, challenging uh, Vermilion Valley Conference. They played some close games against some of the, the, the uh, premier teams in that conference as well. So I think Georgetown's right on the cusp of being in that conversation, of being a premier team in that conference. Just need that little push, that one one big win to kind of uh, turn the tables. Hey, our list, when we get back to the top ten here, a list of unbeaten teams is dwindling. Yeah, that's true. We, uh, we don't have too many, uh, but one of them is uh, checking in at number four this week. <laughs> on our top 10 that is argenta oriana uh the bombers uh they are even this week they stayed put at number four after defeating decatur lutheran 44 to 8 uh makai stanley rushed for 121 yards and two touchdowns josh williams threw for 120 yards and hooked up with mikhail stanley for a pair of touchdown passes as well uh, mikhail stanley caught 101 of those 120 throwing yards for josh williams uh, Argena Oriana led 36 nothing at halftime, so I'm sure it was a kind of a similar situation. What we've seen a lot with Monticello, where the starters got a little bit of a respite. Uh, Argenta will visit Saragorda Bement in Week Six, as I mentioned earlier, and they also will host Arcola in Week Seven for a top ten game. Listeners of the Loman Ray Insurance Prep Football Confidential will know that I've been pushing for Champagne Central to crack this top ten for some time. You certainly have. Right, so I brought in. Some reinforcements. <laughs> hey, I appreciate <laughs> that. I, I, I appreciate that. We, uh, it, it's always good to get uh, a hometown kid in here, and that's what we've got today with Champagne Central star Terrell Evans. Terrell, thanks so much for hopping in the studio today. No problem. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you guys are above 500 after uh, knocking off Peoria Richwoods on the road last week. Uh, how nice was it to grab your first uh, – I know you guys beat Centennial technically in a road game, but, I mean, it's your, it's your home field. So how does it feel? to get that first true road win of the season at such an important point of the year i mean i think it feels good it just builds confidence for us overall and like lets us know that we can go play football anywhere yeah what uh, what was the atmosphere like up there in peoria you know it, hmm, it was a little subdued maybe yeah yeah like, yeah, just uh, yeah, not not Central Centennial, anything like that. Yeah, yeah it's hard, hard to match that, I imagine. Well, you rush for 128 yards on just t- 10 carries. That's uh, that's a pretty good average, if uh, if I do say so myself. Including a 90-yard touchdown run. Uh, how pleased have you been with uh, what you're doing on the ground so far this year? Uh, I'm very happy with it, but like more importantly, I'm happy with the way that my O line's been playing, mm-hmm. and especially Nick Gunn. I've seen him out here leading me on a lot of those plays, so I try and make sure that I let him know that I see him leading for me. And really, it's like me just doing my job for my line because they're doing their job for me. Yeah, we a lot of the running backs we have on this show, they they are sure to uh, thank their O linemen for their contributions. You you got to give them like a steak or anything like that. Give them a, get get them a meal after a good game. 
I might take him out for some ice cream. One there of you go. Days. There you go. I like it. Well, uh, you're you're not the only guy who's uh, doing good groundwork for the Maroons this year. Uh, Luke McMahon, your quarterback. Uh, Connor Milton, Jalen Booker, Coriante Boyd. I mean, what's it like being a part of an offense that has so many guys who can run the ball effectively? It feels good just to know that if you're not having your best day, that there's someone else who can step in and is completely capable of taking over the game mm-hmm. at any given moment. Well, uh, you also had a 90-yard kickoff return for a touchdown in that win against Peoria Richwoods. Uh, what's the difference between uh, a regular rushing touchdown for 90 yards and returning a kickoff 90 yards for a touchdown? So actually on that kickoff, it was a double handoff, and Ooh. Connor took it for the touchdown. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, we got some we got some <laughs> bad intel. Oh, man. Well, okay, take me through that play then because now I'm curious. So a, a double handoff on the kickoff. So the ball was coming to me, and... I kind of almost dropped it, but I kind of cradled it. And then, you know, we do our fake, so we both run up like five yards, and then we'll cross. And then on this time, it was just my time to hand the ball off to him, and he took it the rest of the way. Yeah, nice. Well, uh, Coach Tim Turner uh, over at Champaign Central has uh, obviously made a positive impact on your guys' program with you guys already above 500 in his first year. What's it been like learning under Coach Turner? It's great. Yeah, it's like a great environment. He's upbeat, energetic, but he makes sure to push his heart. It's just a great coach. Yeah. Hey, Trell, you got those big two trophies for winning the uh, beating Urbana and Centennial. That's right. You did some dancing after the last game with those trophies the team did. Is that Coach Turner in the middle of that doing that? Or explain that celebration to me. That's Coach T. <laughs> you know he's celebrating with the team getting us all pumped up i mean we were already pumped up because twin city champions so we're pretty excited about it so i mean everyone was just feeling good celebrate the w well uh you guys have a uh, important game coming up uh this week against danville uh what's uh what's the mindset going into that game i mean uh, what do you guys do to get the job done against the vikings uh we come in and we execute because i feel like if we execute we can beat any team where, whenever, doesn't matter. If we execute and play maroon football, we got to come out, yeah, and just execute. What does Mar- what does maroon football mean to you? I mean, because uh, you know, Coach Turner obviously not not the exact same mentality as Coach Allball before him. So, what what does maroon football mean to you? It means a lot to me. It means that we're going to come out here, and we're going to play ball, we're going to run the ball, we're going to execute, we're going to pick each other up, and going to pe- keep playing hard no matter the score. Mm-hmm. Just keep playing football. Well, uh, this is another uh, unique game for you guys in the fact that it's a Saturday start, the 1 p.m. start, so at least not in the morning. But this is your guys' third Saturday game in six games. I mean, uh, what kind of adjustment is that for you guys? <laughs> it's not an adjustment anymore. We're used to it. <laughs> like you said, third game in, so we just going to get up and play some football. Do you have any uh, preference, Friday night lights versus Saturday morning or afternoon? I think I'd take Friday night, but I like to play football, so I'll play whenever. Yeah. Well, uh, Terrell, thanks so much for being on the show this week. And, uh, well, uh, you can see Terrell uh, over at Tommy Stewart Field this week as he and the Maroons will try to take down the Vikings and move to 4-2 and two in uh, in the Big 12. Inching close and closer to that playoff actually, bid. which Actually 3-2 and two in the Big 12, 4-2 and two overall. That's which what I should have said. Hasn't <laughs> happened since that uh, memorable run to the uh, state semifinals. That's right three years ago so. yeah it'd be uh, really important to be a, a, a big part of a playoff uh, playoff qualification i'm sure all right that's saturday afternoon if you want to head out to tommy stewart field a lot of games friday night uh 
when most of them take place. But uh, we'll resume that countdown, even without Central, <laughs> after this break. Yes. Hearing the voice of the Illini, Pride of Unity, Brian Barnhart reminded me about Friday night's game. I, I know it bummed some of the high school fans out, but it, it, I think it turned out okay. I think it turned out great, uh, especially considering what went down Saturday mm-hmm. at Memorial Stadium, which we'll uh, talk about after yeah. we're done with our uh, top ten here today. But, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, all the I, I talked to a few high school coaches um, on Friday night. I talked to Gibson City's Mike Allen because I was at their game, but then I talked to uh, Andy Romine over the phone. I also talked to uh, Oakwood's Al Craig uh, to get some results from their games, and each one of those guys asked me, what's going on in the <laughs> Illinois game, or said that they were listening to the Illinois game. So, I mean, they, it's yeah. yeah, it's of high interest to, to the kids. As soon as they got done with their games, they were – Wanted to see what Illinois was doing. And the 8 o'clock start allowed him to actually probably watch the film. Watch the second half. Unfortunately, yeah. they watched the part where things took a downturn for Illinois. All right. Uh, this is the uh, Luminary Insurance Prep Football Confidential. We're uh, here till 7 o'clock. We're here every Monday night uh, breaking down the top 10, as only Colin can do. It'll be in tomorrow's paper. Colin, where'd we leave off? <laughs> I, I just I'll, – I'll say where we left off in a minute. I'm just <laughs> – I'm curious about something here. The uh, I, I'm looking at our um, our uh, Facebook Live feed mm-hmm. here, and somebody responded to it with a with a crying emoji, and I don't know why. Am I am I making somebody cry? Probably it, a central fan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, really, their omission. I'm really I'm really curious about that. But anyway, we left off at number three. Uh, number three. <laughs> Man, I blew it again. <laughs> number three, Tuscola. The Warriors stay put at number three after knocking off Clinton 20-11 to in a very tightly contested matchup there. Uh, even though uh, quarterback Luke Sluter was dealing with a bum ankle, Tuscola was still able to find a way to win against a previously unbeaten Maroons team. Uh, ben Dixon returned to kick off 88 yards for a touchdown. Cade Christine hit a pair of field goals from outside 30 yards. And Matthew Cantu rushed for just short of 100 yards in the victory. Uh, the Warriors will host Sullivan Okaw Valley for a Week 6 homecoming game. And then they will look ahead to uh, unbeaten Warrensburg Latham in Week 7 for a, a game that will mean a big deal in the CIC standings. But uh, sticking with Tuscola here, uh, I talked with Coach Andy Romine about the effect that Ben Dixon, who had that kickoff return for a touchdown last week, has had on this Warriors program. He's one of the few kids we have that's out for track. You know, we don't have a ton of kids on our team that are out for track. You know, he's a kid who can, he can just flat run. He's good. You know, he's a, he's a good runner. And we talk about our kickoff return guys finding the smallest sliver you can get. And we talk about hitting it like a track sprinter. He's bought into that. It's the second kickoff return for a touchdown this year. You know, as far as defensively, we think he can be one of the best corners in the area as a junior. You know, he kind of, he kind of got thrown in last year. A couple of injuries to some older corners as a sophomore, and we never really skipped a beat. You know, so our, our expectation of him coming into this year was to be an elite lockdown corner. You know, he's uh, he's played well. We're still trying to find consistency around our whole team and with him also. But I think everybody is at this point in the year, and, and, and certainly he's coming along. So uh, we're really pleased with the progress there. That was Tuscola coach Andy Romine, who I uh... – ran into on the sidelines of Memorial Stadium over the weekend. Uh, he was there to root on uh, his longtime friend, who's the head coach at Olympia, Eric Lyons. So that was uh, very nice of Andy to do. 
Well, you know he wants to get back there next uh, in oh, November. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. He uh, he brought the kids over to Husky Stadium in DeKalb last mm-hmm. season, and uh, they're they're looking to make the return trip. And uh, they're uh, top, uh, I believe they were ranked fifth in the most recent Associated Press Class 1A poll, and uh, a couple teams above them lost this week, so they could be on the rise here soon. All right, Colin, where you have the uh, Warriors checking ha- in on your I state I have poll. them at number six right now. That's where I've got them. Um, so... Uh, a couple more wins, and I, if they beat Warrensburg Latham especially, I'm going to have to to boost them up because that would be a huge win for All right. the Warriors. Send your uh, complaints to clikas at news-gazette.com. <laughs> yeah. Might, uh, listen Pl- to you. Please do. It's it's better than the alternative, which is uh, kids seeking me out and hitting me in full pads and helmet. Uh, but let's move on with our... Uh, we, we better clarify. You took a hit uh, Friday night in Fisher is what you're saying. I did take a hit uh, that yeah, I, I only told a couple people about because I didn't want to make a big deal. But yeah, we uh, uh, photographer Robin Scholes and I were uh, near one of the end zones. Um, GCMS running back, I believe it was Jared Trantina, was running toward the pylon with a Fisher defender in tow. Jared went right in between Robin and I. Uh, the Fisher athlete stumbled and his foot came up and kicked me in an unfortunate area. And uh, I survived. Uh, didn't I don't think I got cleated. I think I just got kind of uh, booted a little bit. But you know, I I kept filming the play and uh, shook it off, and we we're here. We gave you a helmet sticker for that. One of those carrots that they <laughs> hang. <laughs> yeah, I, need, I needed a car- I needed a carrot. Yeah, I I needed one for for my eyesight too. Is uh, I was having trouble seeing after that. But uh, let's uh, let's roll on with our uh, top ten countdown here. Uh, number two, uh, much to much to Jim's chagrin, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Monticello mm-hmm. still at number two, defeated uh, Bloomington Central Catholic fifty-six to eight. Uh, the Saints, Saints are zero and five. Not not in our coverage area. Just I thought that's an interesting observation. BCC, a perennial contender, really having trouble this year. But back to Monticello, fifty-six eight over BCC. Asher Brad returned a punt for a touchdown, and what's becoming kind of a weekly thing for him. Uh, Alec Bundy and Braden Schneider, Snyder each rushed for a pair of touchdowns. The Sages playoff eligible for the 10th time in 10 years with Cully Welter as head coach, and I'm sure Cully would have told you after the game he, he didn't do a good job coaching because that's just what Cully, uh, he's very forward with you about his coaching, and he wants all the credit to go to the kids, which I can totally appreciate. But Monticello hosts Unity in Week 6, and then a huge matchup in Week 7. Uh, pretty much a good chance it decides who wins the Illini Prairie Conference, uh, Pontiac, in Week 7 for Monticello. Monticello has to go on the road for that one. So huge game. So uh, can't overlook Unity, though. But Monticello at number 2 this week. And uh, if they beat Pontiac, maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll get them up to number 1. Is that right? Maybe we will. Mm-hmm. The only thing is Gibson City does things like it did last week, where it beats Fisher 56 nothing. And then, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, Gibson City does things like that, and I really can't push them down from number one. They're still number one in my Class 1A uh, AP poll as well. I think they will be number one in the overall AP poll this week because Lena Winslow lost, and they were the number one ranked team. So I think Gibson City is going to get bumped up. I don't know that for sure. Uh, I, I've been touting their their uh their uh deservedness for being number one so we'll see if some other media members agree with me this week but gibson city remains at number one in our poll after that win over fisher third shutout of the season for the falcons uh 12th shutout in the last 30 games for the program that dates back to the start of the 2016 season when uh in that time span gcms has lost three times uh, they've given up 20 or more points, I think, four times, and one of those games was the state championship game that they won last year. Uh, Jared Trantina, 
again, doing a good job filling in for Mitch McNutt, uh, the graduated running back from last year. Two rushing touchdowns last week. Bryce Barnes blocked or returned a block punt for a touchdown. We, we still don't really know who blocked that punt. I asked Mike Allen after the game. He said he couldn't even tell who blocked it. Somebody did, but Bryce Barnes picked up the ball and returned it for a touchdown. Hayden Workman recovered a fumble, returned it for a touchdown. Then uh, the defensive lineman, first ever touchdown, spiked the ball and got a penalty afterward. <laughs> and everybody on the GCMS sideline had a good laugh about that one because uh, they were up pretty handily at that point. But uh, he was happy about the touchdown regardless of the penalty. Uh, the Falcons uh, don't get an easy one this week. They host Tri-Valley in week six. Uh, really can never overlook Tri-Valley. Uh, but if GCMS wins that game, I think there's a really good chance that they will go undefeated in the regular season rolling into the playoffs. This is, I think, the toughest remaining test for GCMS. And if they get through it, uh, there's a good chance they could be at number one in our poll the rest of the year. So we'll, we'll see. Highly recommended to follow Colin on Twitter. C, like us, capital N, capital G. Yes, and sir. by the time I checked on Friday night... GCMS was up like thirty to nothing already. I I couldn't uh, I couldn't keep up with the with the scores GCMS had, and the the really tricky part about that game for me, uh, I have poor cell coverage in Fisher. Um, so what I had to do was grab a MiFi from our IT department, connect it to my laptop, and set my laptop up on the track. And I would run from the sideline to the track to provide Twitter updates. And GCMS was scoring with such frequency that I'm pretty sure I lost weight doing that. It was just, uh, they were exhausting me. I couldn't keep up. But, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's what we, that's what we uh, are in the business for, is stuff like that. So, hey. and, then, and then you try to relax on Saturday, and, of course, the game you cover goes like 15 <laughs> overtimes. The game I right covered off. goes to four overtimes. It was a really competitive game, though. Centennial and Peoria and Notre Dame putting on a show in the opener of four different games at uh, Memorial Stadium on Saturday. Uh, Chargers, excuse me, led for a large portion of that game. I think Peoria and Notre Dame only led for about three and a half minutes in regulation. But they led when it mattered most. Uh, winning in overtime as the Chargers made an unfortunate personal foul penalty in the fourth overtime to really stall their drive, and Peoria and Notre Dame responded with the winning points. Uh, that was a great game. Uh, I think uh, I think all four of the games had their high points. Uh, certainly St. Thomas Moran Tool was a really fun game. STM coming back from down 38-20, to 20, I believe, in the fourth quarter, scored 30 unanswered points in the fourth quarter, which is... That's a remarkable level of efficiency uh, to win 50-38. to 38. Unity kept its playoff hopes alive by winning. Urbana came up short against Bloomington, but it's still a competitive game there. I think it's great to uh, – I'm going to echo what Bob Osmussen said in our most recent uh, uh, prep picks in the paper last Thursday. Uh, I think it's great to have those games at Memorial Stadium. And anytime Illinois has a situation where either they have a bye week or they have a Friday, uh, Friday night game, I think it would be great to see some local teams go play at Memorial Stadium. And as Lenny Willis told us last week, kind of a dry run for the uh, stadium yeah. folks ahead of the November state title game. Yeah, and it, it looked like the crowd was absolutely raucous, especially for that STM ran tool game at the end of the night. It's uh, Saturday night lights instead of Friday night lights, so very cool. And also Centennial had its homecoming at Memorial Stadium. That's that's something not a lot of people are ever going to be able to say. King and queen crowned at Zubke Field. That's right. All right, Colin, where are you going to be Friday? Where am I going to be on Friday? Well, somewhere. I should have written it down. <laughs> we'll send you, <laughs> you out can, somewhere. You can find out on Twitter because I, I it's it's uh, blow, it's spacing my mind right now where I'm going to be on All Friday. All right, well, we'll talk about wherever you might be <laughs> next Monday. How about that? Uh, that sounds right. like a plan. See you, Colin. 
This has been the Loman Ray Insurance Prep Football Confidential. We do not have a Lovey Smith show tonight because of the bye week or open week, whatever you want to refer it as. But we will be back next week along with that show right here on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS Champaign-Urbana. We'll catch you next week to recap week six. Otherwise, back to regular programming. Peace.